G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. And some very disturbing news to share with you this morning. An Indian genocide is underway. Even as governments and journalists turn a blind eye, India's Christians have been targeted for extermination. Now, James McPherson is a social commentator and host of The Late Debate on Sky News. And he joins us this morning with more details. Good morning, James. Good morning, Rob. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for your time. It's uh, pretty disturbing what's going on here. Uh, Phyllis, what's, what's been going on in India? Well, it all came to light, really, internationally in the month of May when video spread online of two women being harassed by a mob of up to 500 men in the northern state of Manipur, India. Uh, these women were Christian women. They were dragged through the streets, stripped of their clothes, uh, beaten, hit, and then pushed into bushland where they were gang-raped by a number of men. Mm. Now, all of this was filmed by men with their mobile phones. Um, The women's brother and father tried to stop the rape. They were killed in the process. The media completely ignored the story. And so it just disappeared, except that the video recordings on mobile phones ended up going viral on social media. And so about two months later, the news media in India were forced to report it. They had not wanted to talk about it at all, but because it had gone viral on social media, the mainstream media couldn't ignore it. So they started to report on it. And eventually uh, the Prime Minister, Narendra Modi, was shamed into talking about it. So he assured Indians that this was a disgraceful act, that every culprit would be uh, caught. And it's not difficult to find the culprits because their faces are all clearly Mm. visible on the video footage. Um, Three months after these women were brutally gang-raped, one person has been arrested. The reason that this took place, the context is in a deliberate effort by Hindu extremists in the north of India to harass, beat, rape and kill Christians, to burn churches and to drive the Christian community out of their towns. This is a deliberate effort to try to um, create a Hindu state within India and they see Muslims and particularly Christians as a threat. So there's been a deliberate coordinated campaign that involves not just mobs, but these are mobs that are emboldened by government policy, which we'll talk about in a second, and by complicit media who don't want to report on these things. Mm, That's really concerning. What what are the police doing about it? Like, surely there must be uh, an opportunity even for the the families to report this to the police and have it uh, taken care of that way? You would think so, wouldn't you? When I mentioned this to... um, Christian organizations and workers in India, they literally laughed and they said, James, you don't understand the way corruption works. Uh, 90% of complaints to police by Christians uh, alleging harassment, uh, vandalism of churches, 
uh, the statistics say 90% of those complaints are ignored by police. Mm. In fact, very often when police, when, when Christians make complaints to the police, those complaints end up being turned around and it's the Christians that end up being arrested oh, under wow. the government's anti-conversion laws. So because Christianity has been spreading in the north of India and it's seen as a threat to uh, the majority Hinduism, by the way, I should point out, Rob, um, I'm not making this up. Even the European Union uh, recently condemned India uh, for the violence against Christians, and they called it um, extreme Hindu nationalism. So there's a deliberate campaign to uh, get rid of Christians. And the anti-conversion laws that they've put in place in many Indian states make it illegal to offer inducements for someone to convert to Christianity. Now, that initially sounds fair enough, right? We, we shouldn't be bribing people mm. to become Christians. But when you realize that they define inducement as, you know, if you give your life to Jesus, he'll forgive your sin. Well, that's an inducement. Or oh, right. if you give your life to Jesus, he promises eternal life. Well, well, that too is an inducement. And so you can face jail if you're lucky. But uh, if the police don't get to you first, uh, the mob will get to you. Mm. And uh, they take matters into their own hands and literally drive people out of their homes as the police who are paid off uh, stand by and do nothing. That's mm. uh, yeah, such a, a sad situation to think that. I mean, and India is a place that, I mean, lots of Aussies have been there. I mean, obviously, it's not that far from Australia. Uh, so we're fairly familiar with it. I mean, even our own prime minister was only there recently. So... You know, this isn't uh, you know something that's happening in uh, you know some far off place. It's actually you know, very close by and uh, and very concerning. What's going on right under our noses? Yeah, well, you know, most people's understanding of India is Sachin Tendulkar and, yeah. uh, and their cricket team. And of course, you know, there's there's so much that's great about India, but this deliberate persecution of Christians is largely. Um, unknown, especially in Australia, although the Australian Christian Indian community are very aware. What's interesting to me is that the Australian government, who would be well aware of it, um, have said absolutely nothing. I mean, Narendra Modi was in Australia just a couple of months ago, mm. uh, hosted by Anthony Albanese. And here in Sydney, he had a rock star welcome. Thousands of people turned out to meet him. Anthony Albanese uh, called him a hero. Uh, but the Australian government not once mentioned uh, that thousands of Christians have been left homeless in the north of India. Hundreds of churches have been burned to the ground. Hundreds of people have been reported murdered, beaten and raped. And the Australian government didn't say a word. Now, compare that with, say, the persecution of the Muslim Uyghurs in China. Penny Wong has been very vocal about uh, China's human rights responsibility there. Uh, if, a, if an Israeli even looked sideways at a Palestinian, uh, you can bet the Labor Party mm. would be jumping up and down about the uh, human rights obligations of Israel. But when it comes to Christians being beaten, raped, murdered, uh, made uh, homeless in the north of India, uh, there's total silence on the part of the Australian government, which is not good enough, particularly when Modi was just here in Australia. Uh, Albanese has been in India for the G20, and Australia are right now in the middle of developing stronger military and defence ties with India. If we're going to have a defence treaty with India and stronger defence ties, it'd be nice if 
we knew the Indians were defending their own Christian population. Mm. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, you've mentioned about, you know, I guess those that haven't said anything. Has there been anyone that has said, I mean, whether it be you know, someone in the Australian government or you know, media, like has there been you know, any mention of this uh, at all? No, not in the Australian media. There's been nothing that I've seen. I might be wrong on that, but uh, I've not seen anything in the Australian media. There was one Labor MP here in Sydney who I, I do apologise, Rob, his name has temporarily escaped me, but he did uh, make mention of it in a press release just the other week, but I, I didn't see the media take it up anywhere. Mm. So um, uh, it's been very quiet. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, this is fairly typical when it comes to the persecution of Christians. Open Doors is a US-based organisation that tracks religious persecution around the world and uh, they have consistently reported that Christians are the most victimised, persecuted religious group on the planet. The Australian newspaper ran an editorial a month ago uh, reporting on this and the fact that, uh, you know, when Muslims are persecuted, uh, there's an uproar. And so there should be. Muslims should not be persecuted. But by contrast, um, Christians are the most persecuted and the media really seemed quite disinterested. And I guess that plays into the current uh, progressive ideology of dividing the world into oppressors and the oppressed. And historically, they see Christians as the oppressors. Mm. And uh, so therefore, when Christians are being uh, victimized or targeted, well, you know what, we don't talk about that because maybe there's a bit of well, Christians deserve it because, after all, they colonised most of the world. There's that kind of mentality mm. that feeds into the silence. Yeah, that's very sad but true. I mean, you just mentioned Open Doors, the uh, the world watch list that they produce every year that uh, tracks those you know, countries that are persecuting Christians. India actually is number 11 on that list, so they are certainly you know, uh, understood as being you know, very much uh, uh, persecuting Christians in, in a very uh, big way. So... Certainly a concern. I mean, as Christians here in Australia, I mean, aside from um, you know, praying, which is obviously very important and we can do that, are there, what other things can, can Christians be doing here in Australia to, uh, you know, I guess, make this more known? Just, just on that, uh, Rob, you mentioned the, uh, the Open Doors um, persecuted list. What I found amazing about that was they said India was the 11th most inhospitable place or most dangerous place for Christians. Mm. Saudi Arabia came in at number 12. So wow. India is more dangerous for Christians than Saudi Arabia. That gives you some idea yeah. of just how bad it is in the north. Look, for Christians in Australia, the number one thing uh, we should do is obviously pray. Um, number two, uh, people should be contacting their local government member and saying, are you aware of this and what representations are are the Australian government making on behalf of Christian people in India, especially when there's such a large dysphoria of Indian people here in Australia? Um, and third, uh, it would be good if churches were uh, getting their whole congregations to talk about this and pray about it. Mm. Um, if people go, there's a website called The Daily Declaration, and uh, I've written an extensive article there that uh, quotes... Um, relief organisations, quotes Indian pastors, gives all the statistics of what's happening. Uh, that article would be very useful for people who want to uh, contact their local MP or even just talk to their local church pastor about what perhaps they could do to help our brothers and sisters in that part of the world who are suffering greatly. Mm, yeah, it's a really good point. And that's a good, 
uh, thing you mentioned about that website, actually, that's the uh, the Canberra Declaration that runs that. Uh, so you can actually yeah. see that at uh, CanberraDeclaration.org.au. Uh, there's some, you know, lots of great resources and information on there. But as you mentioned, that article and uh, some other uh, resources that you can find there, CanberraDeclaration.org.au, is the place to go uh, for that. But uh, yeah, let's be in prayer uh, for the uh, yeah for our brothers and sisters in India. I know that um, you know there's there's a lot of uh, resources again as far as you know. I guess being able to pr- pray strategically, Open Doors does have some good resources as well. But we can be praying, we can be raising a voice, and I guess even as you said, James, just you know contact your local MP and say, hey, you know, are you aware of this? You know, is there something that you can do to to raise uh, this issue at a governmental level as well? That's something that we can uh, certainly be doing. So uh, yes, it's it's very uh, concerning uh, to know that in our uh, yeah. In our time and in our region, really, in India, that, that this is going on uh, at the moment, uh, particularly in that northern part of India. As you said, James, there is a real, um, you know, a, quite a large Christian presence in India, and the, you know, Christianity is growing, but you know, that certainly does create a threat, doesn't it, for some of those uh, other uh, religions? Well, Robert, it's gotten so dangerous in, in the state of Manipur that even to go to church, uh, if you dare to go to church, then the local village leaders cut off the water supply to your home so that you're literally forced out of your home. They, they estimate in some areas in Manipur, there's up to 2,000 Christians living in bushland because they can no longer return to their homes. They are denied water. They're denied food um, allocations. And, and in the northern part of India, Christians are the second most educated group and yet they are amongst the most impoverished because they can't find jobs. And because they're so impoverished, not uneducated, as I said, very educated, but uh, aren't given jobs, they rely on government welfare, but then the government deny them food because they're Christians. And so Mm. um, even just to go to church in the north of India right now, you're taking your life into your hands. Um, And so it's, it's an incredibly serious situation. It beggars belief, frankly, that our government has such ties and increasingly strong ties with India and yet is not saying anything about this human rights issue. Yeah, so true. And I guess the other thing just to mention in passing, I mean, obviously India just in the last couple of weeks was celebrating you know, uh, landing on the moon again. So there's lots happening there as far as, you know, they're you know, uh, moving forward in, you know, in the world and, uh, you know, their, their space program and yet they're you know, seemingly unconcerned about uh, this uh, genocide and, and the brutality that's going on there in the northern parts of India. It's amazing. Uh, Narendra Modi, uh, the, the uh, Prime Minister of India, did a press conference and they had to wipe away tears from his eyes. Unfortunately, the tears were not for those women I talked about earlier who mm. were brutally gang raped. His tears were joy at India landing a craft on the moon. It just goes to demonstrate it's a very thin veneer that separates modernity from barbarianism. Mm. And uh, a, on the one hand, they're uh, entering the space race, and yet, on the other hand, uh, brutal persecution of Christians as the government looks the other way. Mm, that's uh, very concerning. Well, thanks so much, James, for uh, bringing us up to date on that. I mean, it certainly is a, a real point for prayer, at the very least, but uh, I think maybe being uh, yeah, moved to action as well uh, in some practical ways as a result of what we've heard this morning. So thanks again, James McPherson, social commentator and host of The Late Debate on Sky News. Really appreciate your time today on 2020. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.